You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. You are listening to the breakfast show from the Voice of Islam studios in Batfatu Complex. Today is the is Tuesday, the sixth of December, two thousand and twenty-two, and the time is seven o nine a.m. You are listening to Mubarak Mini with um, my co-host Usman Manan. Assalamualaikum, Usman. How are you today? I'm good. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. How are you doing today? Okay. Yeah, everything's fine. Uh, it's, you know, it's early morning once again. Cold weather. Uh, temperatures are dropping. But yeah, it was quite chilly this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, I think uh, the I was reading yesterday that the Met Office issued a warning as well that the temperatures are dropping below zero uh, some places so uh, get ready for it yeah yeah okay. <coughs> well, we'll, we'll come to the uh, to the weather in, in in a minute yeah um for our uh, listeners why don't you um let us know what the segments are what the topics of the segments are today and what we'll be discussing with them yeah so as usual we, we have three segments today the first one is about spicy chilies uh, a delicious way to relieve pain. Um, so we'll tell you something about spicy chilies. They have some healing effects and so on. The second segment uh, from 8 o'clock onwards, we'll be talking about Europe commits billions for the space race. How is it going to change the life of Europeans? So Europeans are also planning to go to the space. And uh, last segment uh, from 8.30 to nine o'clock we will be talking about the strikes uh strikes which the workers are going on um all departments and that is it okay brilliant now looking towards um the main headlines today if we start from the top um we've we're starting with fury as sussex netflix claim of a war on megan um Reaction to the latest trailer for the Harry and Meghan series on Netflix leads uh, some of Tuesday's papers. Fury at Sussex's declares the Daily Mail, reporting that claims made in the new clip sparked a furious uh, flashback. The trailer showed Prince Harry alleging leaks and planted stories had backed up the royal family hierarchy, the paper notes. And the the Duke of Sussex has declared an all-out war on the royal family in the trailer, saying they played a dirty game, notes the Daily Express. The paper also says, footage of photographers chasing a car in the clip used to illustrate the couple's claims about press behavior was actually from a different occasion. It says Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's lawyer, was in the vehicle in the video clip. In the trailer, Prince Harry says, we know the full truth, notes the son. Um, referencing the scenes in Prince Harry and Meghan's new trailer of a car being chased by the press. The paper reports it is of Katie Price outside court. The Daily Star says that get the popcorn in, folks, as it encourages readers to cancel their plans on Thursday ahead of Prince Harry and Meghan's documentary being released. It says the couple will be uh, trashing the royal family, coining it Netflix kerfuffle. The Prime Minister will back down on compulsory house-building targets as he faces pressure from uh, backbench Tory MPs, The Guardian reports. 
The paper says the move will prompt criticism that Rishi Sunak is putting party unity over the national interest and that he is too weak to take on untruly conservative rebels. And the Daily Telegraph says the Prime Minister abandoned his housing target after 60 Tory MPs threatened to vote against his levelling up and regeneration bill. It is also understood that Mr Sunak is poised to relax a ban on onshore wind farms after MPs including Boris Johnson and Liz Truss demanded it be lifted. We've got another headline which is 1 in 7 denied GP appointments. So millions of patients were not able to book a, a doctor's appointment when they tried in October. The Times says, uh, analysis has suggested, another 2 million faced a wait of more than an, a month to see their GP ads. Campaigners also told the paper that problems with access to GPs would drive people to accident and emergency departments and increase pressures on hospitals. Yeah, and speaking of GPs, the penicillin or alternative antibiotics could be given to all children in primary schools where there has been a case of strep A, the I reports. The paper says entire groups can be treated as a preventative measure even if the children are not showing any symptoms. Yeah, this, is, this strep A is, is, uh, has been quite scary, hasn't it? Especially for um, yeah, it's parents like, it's like with, with new, newborn kids. New COVID, I think. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's, it's so. targeting mainly kids, isn't it? That's what I, I read up about yeah. recently. Yeah, I think it's spreading a lot in schools, um, maybe because of the mm. environment. But it could be that children, uh, not just children. My my sister, she teaches as well, and she caught it as well, and then our family had it. So I don't think it's just children, but uh, maybe it's just uh, the thing is some children died. Uh, I think a few days ago. Up to ten children. Three, bu- how many? How many cases have there been in the UK? Any idea? No, I, I've read up to ten. Uh, a day, no, a day. I've read ten to twelve children have died from this already, and this is why this is a concern mm. which is rising. May God bless everyone and keep everyone under His protection. Um, a traffic jam of oil tankers has built up in Turkish <coughs> waters. The Financial Times reports. The paper says about 19 crude oil vessels were waiting to cross on Monday after a price cap was imposed on Russian oil by Western powers. There is also a picture of Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky who has been named as the FT Person of the Year. Uh, The Metro reports on a ghost train ticket scandal saying rail firms are using loopholes to ask thousands of services without officially recording them. This comes after... Travellers were sold tickets for the cancelled trains, the paper notes. It says the Office of Road and Rail has admitted 314,000 services uh, dropped in the year to 15 October. England's football captain Harry Kane has been trying to calm fears within the squad after players were shaken up by Raheem Sterling returning to the UK, the Daily, the, 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 the Daily Mirror reports. The Chelsea winger returned to his family after his home was burgled on Sunday. A source said Kane sees it as his job to keep morale up, the paper notes. That's, that's a, I think it's a good, uh, quite a big step up from the captain, you know, uh, encouraging his team. Uh, as you all probably heard, that Reem Sterling, he, uh, while he's playing at the World Cup over there, uh, his house here in, in the UK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got... Uh, Somebody stole about, I think, £30,000 worth of watches and gold. Um, <clears throat> so there's a, there's an angry reaction to the latest Netflix trailer 
for the Sussex upcoming documentary as well. The Daily Mail talks of fury at the couple's claim of a war against Meghan and suggests the serial will reveal what it calls their staggering distortions. It's one of several papers to also show the same picture from the trailer of the Duchess wiping away tears as her husband looks on. Fact or fantasy? Asked the Daily Mirror, alongside another picture of Prince Harry with a hand over his eyes and his wife's heavily pregnant in the background. The Sun claims the couple have been caught in a fakery storm, as a scene supposedly showing them being hounded by the media is actually a press back snapping the former glamour model Katie Price at court. The Daily Express headline declares it's all-out war now that Prince Harry has accused the royal family of playing a dirty game. Writing in the paper, the royal author Phil Dempire makes a pointed reference to Harry's forthcoming memoir called Spare, saying he's stating to worry that the prince himself has gone spare. The Daily Star continues a long-running series of digs at the Sussex, calling them their royal shynesses. It suggests it will be worth getting the popcorn in for the fireworks. It expects um, if it expects will go off on Thursday when the documentary starts being broadcast. Elsewhere, the Times accuses the RMT union of delivering more misery with news of a strike beginning on Christmas Eve. It says millions will have their Christmas travel ruined with a new phase of industrial action disrupting what would normally be one of the busiest days of the year on the network. In a different story about the railways, the Metro claims that train companies are using loopholes to ask thousands of services without officially recording them. The paper calls it the ghost train tickets scandal, saying that travellers had been sold tickets for the cancelled trains. The I says that antibiotics could be given to entire year groups in schools where there has been a case of step A, strep A. It adds that local health bodies have been given prescribing powers after an eighth child died in the outbreak. So I think that the number is still uh, capped at eight. But mm. I remember I, I did read uh, 10, I think, yesterday. Okay. But maybe there's different. Uh, different well, I do know there have been more cases in, in, in Germany compared to the UK, so maybe you read it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, Germany as well. Mm. Well, several papers report that Eddie Jones could be ditched as head coach of England's men's rugby union team following what the Telegraph calls a dismal autumn series. The Guardian says the rugby football union has refused to com comment publicly on, on the findings of a review but says Leicester's head coach Steve Borthwick is the frontrunner. The Mirror believes Jones is adding for the exit. And there's a widespread praise for England's men's cricketers after their last, ga uh, gasp, last gasp victory in the first test against Pakistan. Uh, it was mind-blowing, according to The Guardian and The Times. Simply stunning, says the star. <laughs> the Sun asserts that Ben Stokes' performance was nothing short of sensational, and the paper declares he could be England's greatest skipper of all time. Well, a bit of a bad news for us, uh, you know, from Pakistan, but... Um, still, England played a, played a good game, so they deserve to win. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we can look some. Uh, look at that some brings us to the end of of um, of the main headlines. But we we did say that we will discuss um, the the weather. Um, you yeah. mentioned that there's uh, there's an Amber Alert from the Met Office. Yeah. So um, I think 
I got this yesterday. Um, did so, you get one? Of, did yeah, you yeah, I did it? as well. So, so in UK weather, um, the Sky News reports that Amber Alert triggered by Met Office as Arctic snow, uh, Arctic air to grip country sparking uh, snow showers in North. So the Met Office issued the Level 3 uh, weather alert, which is in place between 6 p.m. on Wednesday and 9 a.m. on Monday, 12th of December. Um, A number called weather alert warning of severe and icy conditions has been put in place for England as a chilly snap sweeps the country over the next week. Older people and those with heart or lung conditions need to be especially careful, the UK Health Security Agency said. Neighbours... Family and friends are being urged to check in on them. The Met Office said air from the Arctic will spread south across the country from late on Wednesday, with very cold nights expected as well as frosts. It brings the risk of wintry showers in coastal areas as well as the threat of icy patches on the roads. Forecasters warned that overnight temperatures could plunge below minus 8 degrees in parts of the UK by the middle of the week while a yellow weather warning remains in place for snow in Scotland on Wednesday. Cold weather can have serious consequences for health and older people and those with heart or lung conditions can be particularly at risk, said Dr. Sousa from the UKHSA. Try to heat the rooms you use most, such as the living and bedroom, to at least 18 degrees if you can and keep your bedroom uh, windows closed at night. The country has a diverse energy supply via renewables or otherwise, the Prime Minister's official spokesman said. He added that help on saving energy is available on the Help for Households website. Experts are advising people to prepare some winter kit for their cars, such as an ice scraper and de-icer, while transport services are expected to be affected. Alex Burkill, Met Office, um, uh, said, At the moment we have an Easterly flow and as such our winds are coming from the east and that is a cold direction and it is cold out. However, from Tuesday onwards we are going to get a northerly flow so our winds coming from the north, that is Arctic air, leading to our temperatures dropping even further as we go through this week. It is going to turn even colder and feel even colder still with temperatures well below average for the first time of the year, both day both by day and by night. Cold is going to be very widespread. It looks like the cold is going to be very widespread. Perhaps uh, Northern Ireland and East uh, Anglia won't be that cold. Maybe just a degree or two below freezing, he said. So, um, yes, Usman. um, I think it's snowing. (laughs) Well, let's hope it doesn't snow, but even the cold um, is getting too much already. And we're looking at... um, Hmm. And yeah, lower temperatures even from tomorrow, basically, yeah, uh, and until Monday as well. Have you ever felt that when it snows, it just it gets warmer yeah. than when it's like <laughs> when it doesn't snow and it's freezing? Yeah, because I, I don't know what happens, but that's what you feel like sometimes that you just want the snow to come, and then yeah, and maybe then you it's just something that cold. Like psychological. You just because see the you, snow. you see snow and you enjoy. You know it's okay. It's cold. Okay. But when you walk out the house and you're not expecting it to hit you, and then it just hits you, and it actually get, gets into your bones if you understand what I mean. That's the worst. Yeah. Uh, well, I've, I've got another news article, a bit different. That Indonesia passes criminal code banning sex outside of marriage. Uh, well, Indonesia's parliament has approved a new criminal code that will make 
sex outside of marriage punishable by up to a year in prison. Okay. It is part of a raft of changes that critics say erode democratic freedoms. The new criminal code will not come into effect for another three years and also includes a ban on insulting the president and expressing views that run counter to state ideology. So it's a bit of a dictatorship here, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, small groups held protests outside the parliament in uh, Jakarta this week. Uh, the code, which will apply to both Indonesians and foreigns, includes several morality laws and makes it illegal for unmarried couples to live together and have sex. So anyone going on a holiday, uh, you know, to Indonesia and stuff, uh, even even they will have to abide by this law, which will be in effect, I think, in three years. Okay. Um, what some of the rights groups say that uh, this um, has it disproportionately uh, affects women, LGBT people, and ethnic minorities in the country. A person's partner or uh, parents can report them for the offence of having sex outside of marriage. Adultery will also be an offence for which people can be jailed. Yeah, so what do you think about this ban? Um, I mean, it's it's uh, something which is... Uh, well, it's, a, it's a Muslim country. It's a Muslim um, country, but even even from old scriptures, right, where we're taught um, as, a, as a main part that you're supposed to keep um, your... Uh, physically, uh, f- uh, uh, your sex life in the, in your in a, in a wedlock in your marriage, um, mm. and especially yeah, it's, it's that's just, what Islam many, teaches. Many, well. So it's just something that they're following from old books and on old scriptures. Mm, I think like you have got this in the various religions as yeah, well. It's not yeah, just yeah. the Muslims. It's just uh, I think nowadays it's more uh, connected with Islam, um, and uh, I think that's a good thing that we as as Muslims uh, we uphold our values. And we stick to our uh, traditions, um, <clears throat> and it's not like these traditions have uh, have outdated or something, because you see today that there's there's many issues with couples who who don't get married, and the reason they don't get married is that they don't want responsibility. Mm-hmm. For yeah, example, exactly. look at the UK. That when when you get married, uh, half of the property is uh, is yeah, uh, basically divided. Wife, yeah, yeah. So if if there's a rich man, he marries a woman and. The woman uh, wants to divorce after that. She she takes half of uh, his wealth. Yeah, that's why a lot of people are reluctant to you know get into marriages exactly. and just live as like partners or couples. But then that makes um, life hard for the children as well. Because yeah, um, I mean, there's, the, there's parents no stability. Are, the, the parents aren't married. Um, you know, they will not want to support each other or be there for each other in in, in times of difficulty. And then um, you know they they grow to hate each other. They grow apart. And the children are living in two different houses, mom's house and dad's house. Yeah. Uh, it kind of gives everyone a bit of a hard life, doesn't it? But we can just pray that may um, God the Almighty make everything easy for everyone. I mean, um, Usman, we'll go for a quick uh, break. Once we come back, we'll start with our first segment. And for the de- for the listeners, um, you know, uh, do uh, call in if you are listening or do uh, comment uh at our Twitter, which is at Voice of Islam UK, and our phone number is zero two zero Life of Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Treatment of neighbors. Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, always treated his neighbors with extreme kindness and consideration. 
He used to say that the angel Gabriel had emphasized consideration towards one neighbors so often that he sometimes began to think that a neighbor would perhaps be included among the prescribed heirs. Abu Dhar, peace be upon him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said to him, Abu Dhar, while broth is being cooked for your family, add a little more water to it so that your neighbor might also share in it. This does not mean that the neighbor should not be invited to share in other things, but as the Arabs were mostly a migratory people and their favorite dish was broth, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, referred to this dish as a typical one and taught that one should not think so much of the taste of the food as of the obligation to share it with one's neighbor. Abu Huraira, peace be upon him, relates, On one occasion the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, exclaimed, I call God to witness that he is not a believer. I call God to witness that he is not a believer. I call God to witness that he is not a believer. The companions inquired, Who is not a believer, O Messenger of Allah? And he replied, He whose neighbor is not secure against injury and ill treatment at his hands. On one occasion, when he was addressing women, he said, If anybody finds only the foot of a goat to cook, that person should share it with his or her neighbor. He asked people not to object to their neighbors driving pegs into their walls or putting them to any other use which occasioned no injury. Abu Huraira, peace be upon him, relates, The Prophet said, He who believes in God and in the Day of Judgment should occasion no inconvenience to his neighbor. He who believes in God and in the Day of Judgment should occasion no inconvenience to his guest. And he who believes in God and in the Day of Judgment should utter only words of virtue or should keep quiet. Muslim In the idiom of the Qur'an, Allah is the name of the being whose excellences have reached the perfection of beauty and beneficence and who suffers from no deficiency. The Holy Qur'an invests the name of Allah with all attributes and thus indicates that Allah comprehends all perfect attributes. As he comprises every excellence, his beauty is obvious. By virtue of this beauty, he is named light in the Holy Qur'an, as is said. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. This means that all light is but a reflection of his light. Sometimes it is seen that a prayer is carried on until it is about to be accepted and then the supplicant gets tired and the result is failure and frustration. Frustration results in the denial and effectiveness of prayer and gradually culminates in the denial of God. It is said, if there is a God who accepts prayer, why have not those prayers been accepted which were offered over a long period? If those who think thus and stumble were to reflect upon their lack of perseverance, they would come to know that all their frustration is the result of their own haste and impatience which generated an ill concept of the powers of God and resulted in despair. So one should never get tired. At a time when Christian empires ruled the world, when atheistic philosophies were beginning to spread and when the Muslims were turning away from their own faith, one man took up the pen in defense of Islam. First time he sees him, 
he says that my heart testified that this was the Mirza who had come to see, and I would be ready to lay down my life for him. This is the story of a humble man who became the Messiah of the age, who sacrificed everything for his faith, who faced the most foul opposition. He writes himself, in fact, in February 1903 of the Review of Religions, that even people in my village never inquired about where I went or what I was going to do. This is Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, Messiah of the Age. Simplified answers to frequently asked questions. Does Islam permit organ donation? Saving a human life is the duty of a Muslim if it is in his capacity to do so. So organ donation to save a life of another person is something that will be highly praised and encouraged in Islam. But there is one condition. If organ donation is done during the lifetime of the donor, like for example in the case of someone donating one of his kidneys to another person, then the donation should not cause threat to the life of the donor or be a cause of any harm to the health of the donor. Other than that, which has been mentioned, Islam fully permits organ donation. There is no excellence, the possibility of which is vouched for by reason, of which God Almighty is bereft like an unfortunate human being. The wisdom of no wise one can point to an excellence which is not to be found in God Almighty. The maximum of all excellences that a person can conceive of is found in him. He is perfect from every point of view in his being, his attributes and his good qualities and he is absolutely free from all defects. This is a truth which distinguishes a true religion from a false one. When a person experiences in the shape of beneficence those divine attributes which constitute his beauty, his faith is strengthened beyond measure and he is drawn towards God as iron is drawn towards a magnet. His love for God increases manyfold and his trust in God becomes very strong. Having experienced that all his good is in God, his hopes in God are strengthened. He continues to incline towards God naturally, without pretense and affectation and finds himself dependent upon God's help every moment, and believes firmly through the contemplation of divine attributes that he will be successful, because he has experienced in his own person many instances of God's grace, favour and generosity. Therefore his supplications proceed from the fountain of power and certainty, and his resolve becomes extremely firm and unshakable. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful, you are with Mubariz and Osman in the studios of Voice of Islam. And we will now start with the first segment, which, uh, as Osman explained earlier on, is uh, we will be talking about spicy chilies, uh, a delicious way to relieve pain. So what do humans and Asian tree shrew have in common? We are the only two mammals known to tolerate the burn of uh, capsaicin, 
the active chemical compound responsible for making chili pepper spicy hot. Yet, how did we come to love this irritant that evolved to keep us and other hungry omnivores and herbivores at bay? An extraordinary 57.3 million tons of chili peppers are consumed globally each year. We explored the evolutionary biology, neuroscience, psychology and archaeology to explain why the chili pepper has become one of the widest cultivated spice crops in the world. Now, um, I mean, Usman, us coming from a Pakistani uh, background, um, we <laughs> we usually tend to have a lot of chilies and a lot of spices. So yeah. um, we can definitely relate to what's going to happen and, and we know... Um, we what what the, what the true spice is. I've also um, had uh, don't eat too many spices; it ruin your stomach. But like, but, but we do this, the opposite. This. We eat a lot more spices. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you can just uh, go ahead and and give us a, vi- a few more uh, yeah, points. First of all, if you don't know what 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 an Asian tree shrew is, it's like a it's like a rat like animal which okay. lives in the jungle, and uh, apparently, as you mentioned, it's, it's the only other you know animal yeah, apart yeah. from humans which can um uh, which can tolerate the burn of this capsaicin. of spice okay yeah. well the capsaicin is like a specific substance in the chili but uh so spicy is not actually a taste you know like mm. sweet or salty bitter sour yeah rather it is a sensation it's a sensation that is triggered by a handful of chemical compounds we are specifically concerned with a metabolite called capsaicin found in chili peppers. So capsaicin triggers um, the TRPV1, TRIP1, TRIPV1 receptor protein. This is located all over our body and it is a receptor that responds to temperature changes. For example, it alerts us when we are heating up, uh, triggering us to sweat. And uh, when this receptor is triggered by eating spicy food, for example, ions enter and signals are sent to our brain, tricking it to believe that it is literally on fire. <clears throat> and this process um, also leads to the release of substances called endorphins, which are like uh, endogenes, uh, endogenes op- opioids. They inhibit receptors associated with pain and the same at the same time they produce a sensation of pleasure given that we are rational beings we understand that it does not harm us some studies <laughs> suggest that the sensory um, somersault of eating capsaicin is linked to our thrill-seeking drive or even being a form of what is called uh, hedonic reversal uh, also no, known as benign um, masochism, where we derive pleasure from a seemingly negative sensation. So, like, even though we're humans and we know um, that, you know, spice isn't a good thing for us, but because we know it's not going to harm us to the extent, yeah, that's why we don't stop and we keep going ahead for it. You know, it's, the mind is a, a very, very... Um, yeah, it's, it's, another example is like if, you, um, if you're doing something dangerous, like driving fast yeah, or, exactly. or skydiving. Why would you voluntarily fall no, out the sky? skydiving I wouldn't vol- vol- voluntarily do. I don't know about you, right? Yeah. But <laughs> driving would. fast, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I but think I everyone's would. got their own limits. Uh, and yeah. my limits uh, don't go in the skies. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so th- these are some examples which, which humans do knowingly that this, this can literally kill you. Whereas this is probably more dangerous than spices. Yeah. But despite that, people do do this or rock climbing. Some I've seen some rock climbers without any equipment, without safety. Yeah. They're climbing uh, the highest rocks yeah. and it's just life-threatening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, what's the most spiciest chili that you've ever had yourself? Well, I don't even know the names of the chilies, but uh, <laughs> um, I think like... Um, I mean, I know I mean, green peppers are green, uh, green chilies. Green I mean, chilies. I mean, green chilies are already spicy. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, ladyfinger chilies—they're uh, the ones that we usually use for uh, food at home and mm. and everything. And I usually find that a bit um, on the edge as well. Sometimes, sometimes you can get really, really spicy ones. And I know our elders, like at home, uh, like my, my my grandma and everyone, they eat them raw with the food. And and I just look at them like I can't do that. You know, I wish I could. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and I know that a lot of people nowadays, there's a lot of trends on YouTube, on, 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 on TikToks and, and YouTube and everywhere that they have the spicy challenge or the most uh, hot Dorito challenge yeah. and everything. And you can just see how people are actually, you know, uh, they go fully they, red, they go fully red and, and they, they're in so much pain and, and they're so, um, but it's still, it's still part of that and, and, and they live through it. Yeah, you know, like this, the study mentioned as well it's, it's just like it's a pleasure a sensation but guess what some studies suggest that the um it is believed that uh capsicum first emerged around 16 million years ago okay. in the northern andean regions of south america right. spreading throughout the continent and parts of the caribbean and the, like how it spread that's a that's interesting as well so birds Birds have helped carry seeds without digesting them to place to places where they can uh, um, germinate them. Uh, this is even more possible as birds are insensitive to the sting of capsaicin. So birds don't feel the spice. So mm. they, they don't bite into it. They just swallow the whole uh, chili and the seeds won't digest. So they fly over areas and whatever they, um, you know, throw back out, uh, that will land in like... Uh, rainforests or fertile land and this is how uh, the, this these chili peppers start growing um, very widely mm. and uh, capsaicin is believed to have uh, evolved as a mechanism against herbivores so the reason chili is so spicy and kind of like a stingy pain and it's because it's, it's for the defense of the plant or for this fruit actually it's a okay. fruit okay, okay. <laughs> chilies are fruits yeah so uh, but usually the smaller the chili the more capsaicin there is in it and the right. more spicy it is that's yeah. why you see sometimes you see like a chili uh, which uh, is uh, like dried out yeah that's because all the other things are gone okay and um, what's left is like the the, the actual spice. spicy stuff okay. yeah so um, tell us how, how does chili or capsaicin relieve pain um, which is um so, um, capsaicin uh, cream, right? Um, there is capsaicin cream which is prepared from an uh, extract of, of chili peppers and works by being absorbed through the skin into the painful area and the nerve endings that send pain messages to the brain. Capsaicin is, is used to help relieve uh, a certain type of pain known as uh, neur- neurologia. Uh, it's like a shooting or burning pain in the nerves. Capsaicin 
is also used to help uh, uh, re, uh, to relive um, minor pain associated uh, with arthritis or <coughs> muscle sprains and strains. Yeah, I think we, we were talking more about this in a bit, uh, but for now we have uh, um, Selvi Seslin Sahin in on the line, um, who is uh, she, she concluded her bachelor's degree in the food engineering department at Ankara University in Turkey, after her master's degree in hazelnut oil, uh, nanomulsion, she was entitled to receive the overseas PhD education scholarship provided by the Ministry of National Education of the Republic of Turkey. She, um, currently, she is working on her PhD project, um, Utilization of Innovative Vegetable Source Aquifaber in Capsaicin um, encapsulation at the University of Leeds Department of Food Science and Nutrition. Uh, Aslan alaikum, peace be upon you. Uh, um, Selvi, how are you doing today? Thank you. I'm really good here. I'm good as well. Thank you very much. So we have some questions for you. Uh, could you please explain uh, to our listeners what causes the burning sensation when eating chilies? Uh, thank you. First of all, I would like to thank you for the opportunity to talk to your audience in your program about capsaicin. Thank you. Um, answering your question, the substances that occur in the chili capsicum peppers that cause the burning sensation in the mucosal tissue, um, the including the human mouth, mouth are called capsaicinoids. There are many members of the capsaicinoid family, and mm -hmm. the capsaicin one of the main members of this family as a responsible component for the pungency of chili peppers. Um, it's an alkaloid, oil-based molecule, that binds to the specific receptor in our mouth. We are calling it 3P1. Uh, it's a temperature-sensitive pain receptor. And this is the same receptor, actually, that tells you when something on your skin uh, is too hot. Mm -hmm. And the burning sensation differs depending on the variety of chili, of course. For instance, the Carolina Reaper, Trinidad Scorpion, Naga, and Habarano peppers uh, are the most pungent peppers found in the world, we can say. Yeah, sorry, which peppers was it? Uh, I, I missed it. Sorry? Which, which peppers did you mention at the end? Uh, Carolina Reaper is the first one. Mm -hmm. uh, known with the most pungent value, and also Trinidad Scorpion, Naga, and Habereno. They are the most pungent peppers. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, capsaicin, the chemical found in uh, chilies, activates a receptor called TRPV1. So what mm -hmm. effect does that have on our nervous system, and what is this receptor? Um. TRP1 receptors found all over the inner layer of our skin are non-selective cation channels that can be activated from hot temperatures, uh, acidic conditions, and pungent components like capsaicin. Also, wild mm. receptors of the same family, TRP, are responsible for the heat sensation found in mustard, black pepper, ginger, and wasabi. Uh, when capsaicin binds to TRP1, it causes the uh, it causes the channel to lower its opening threshold, thereby opening it at temperatures 
less than the body's body temperature, which is why mm-hmm. capsaicin is linked to the sensation uh, sensation of heat. So when we consume chili peppers, capsaicin interacts with TRP1 in our oral mucosa, and by opening these receptors, uh, cationic molecules such as sodium, calcium, they are allowed to pass through the channel. Hmm. And these ions transform into the neuronal membrane and stimulate sensory neurons by interaction with some specific neurotransmitters. And our brain actually directly reacts to the level of pungency. Uh, it perceives through these signals and warnings us to stop eating the product and take an action against this abnormal feeling. And usually the immediately, immediate reaction is to drink a cold, mm-hmm. of, cold glass of water. <laughs> oh, so, so the body actually is preventing or stopping yeah. this capsaicin from getting in, which, which we are so, you know, Yeah, eating. yeah, actually we can say it. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give me an, another example of uh, something else that, that also triggers this, uh, um, mm-hmm. this uh, defense from, in our body? Yeah, actually, as I said, uh, TRP1 receptor is the same receptor that you feel a um, hot feels when you touch something really hot temperatures. And also, mm-hmm. not TRP1, but the same uh, receptor found in the TRP uh, family also cause the um, same thing, like when you eat wasabi, ginger, black pepper, they're also uh, feeling same way, to um, sending same signals to our brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if capsaicin causes a burning cessation, then how is it also used as a pain relief in medicine? What conditions can capsaicin mm-hmm. help with? Um, in fact, we can say that both of these effects you mentioned are successive stages that come from the same action of capsaicin. Actually, CRP1 receptors reside on the membranes of pain and heat-sensing neurons. Prolonged activation of these neurons by capsaicin depletes neurotransmitters responsible for pain signals to the brain and prevents their reaccumulation. So in this way, the signal coming mm-hmm. from the pain source cannot be perceived by trans- trans- neurotransmitters anymore, and feeling of pain decreases. Uh-huh. In this regard, application of capsaicin for pain control or modulation continue to be the most frequent effect tested in clinical trials related to neurop- uh, neuropathic pain, for example, pe- back pain, neck pain. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we know these effects. Uh, do you think this, this could be a re- replacement for uh, painkillers? Um. Not we can exactly say it, but it can be an alternative option, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And in what ways has the knowledge gained through understanding the mechanism of capsaicin receptors uh, been used in science for treatments concerning pain relief? Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, dermal patches are the most common example where topical capsaicin is used as a pain reliever in our life. 
capsaicin can be systematically absorbed through the skin also as a function of its applied concentration and duration of exposure. Uh, for example, after several lines of translations across it over a thousand patents and materials, it's known that capsaicin dermal patch reach our markets and really long uh, less local analgesic effect in some severe neuropathic pain states. It's, it's really novel established. And hmm. also application of capsaicin under regional anesthesia resulted in a wide range of post-treatment pain relief. And we, we know that moreover, despite the historic use of topical preparations containing capsaicin, the recent combination of neurobiology, biotechnology, and advances in clinical trial design has allowed concentrated forms of capsaicin to be safely applied to manage painful neuromatic conditions. Uh, of course, in terms of the effects on human health, it will be the best to get in consultation with a medical doctor, but um, in general, it's proven that we know the pain reliever effect of capsaicin is really well, well established. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so uh, I think chili is a, is a very good thing. However, studies mm -hmm. show that an overconsumption of chilies damages our health. Could you please mm -hmm. explain uh, to our listeners as well which negative effects um, this entails? Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, it should be noted that the consumption dose is very, very important for all kinds of food, not just chili peppers. Uh, after that, we can say that there, there are about four thousand types of chili peppers discovered in the world and wow. their pungency levels vary widely. Therefore, it will be more correct to talk about this question in more detail about the type of pepper consumed, the consumption dose, the mm -hmm. threshold for individuals and also the state of gastric mucosa of individuals. But we can explain in general as follows. If chili peppers in other words capsaicin, of course, uh, are ingested in large amounts by adults or small amounts by children mm -hmm. can produce nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, and burning oh. diarrhea. It is known that the eating chili can cause intestinal distress in some people. The symptoms may include abdominal pain, as I said, a burning sensation in your gut, cramps, and painful diarrhea can be seen, especially eating a huge amount of chili can trigger some irritations for people who are suffering from ulcer because in these people, the mm. protective mucosa of the stomach surface cannot fulfill its function and cannot provide protection uh, against the irritation that may be caused by capsaicin. So before starting the consumption of capsaicin-based products, uh, we should start with a low dose and we need to talk uh, with our healthcare provider before sub supplementing to reduce your risk of side effects. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Salvi, um, is it is so? So we've, we've already discussed that um, humans and and the Asian tree shrew um, are the only two mammals known to tolerate uh, the the burning sensation of uh, capsaicin, right? The yeah. uh, birds and and um, I mean we've got slugs and snails. All of um, these other are, are they immune to to, to chilies? Um, actually, we know that birds are 
not sensitive for the capsaicin, or which means for the uh, chili peppers. And also, we know that um, we we know how the capsaicin is affected in our body from the birds because they started to uh, bring, bring capsaicin in our health because they don't have any um, system to be uh, understand the pungency level of uh, capsaicin. But especially in the mammals hmm. with the TRP1 receptors. Uh, of course, we have different thresholds, but mm. we can um, we can sense the pungent level easily. Right. Okay. And also, lastly, um, what's your favorite type of chili then? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I really like chili peppers. Um, okay. I cannot say specifically name for the peppers. But you enjoy but... your you enjoy your spicy food, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> we we are using lots of peppers in our food. Oh, okay, that's very good. That's very nice. <laughs> yeah, okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much, uh, Sohi. It was very it was a pleasure speaking to you and thank you for thank your you time. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was uh, great have having you. Day. Thank you for your insight, for your knowledge and uh, I hope you have a wonderful day. Ed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good day. So this was uh, Selvi Sejil Sahin who concluded her bachelor's degree in in the food engineering department at Ankara University in Turkey, and she is also um, received a overseas PhD, and uh, yeah, lovely. Um, yeah, so that um, was. Yeah, there's a once I'd also like to mention one more thing from the Holy Quran. Uh, Allah the Almighty has status and we've mentioned this numerous times on our show as well that hmm. there's a verse um, I quote so eat of the lawful and good things which Allah has provided for you and be grateful for the bounty of Allah if it is him you worship so uh, it, in this verse we see that Allah the Almighty has uh, commanded us to eat which is lawful firstly hmm. which is uh, you know permissible or halal uh, in in terminal in the terminology, yeah. but also, which is good, which is good means that which is good for your health. So chilies have a uh, have a good thing. They they're good and healthy for you, but overconsumption of chilies. Okay, is so um, thank you for that, Sunny Asman. Uh, we'll come back to this uh, after the the news. And if any listeners do want to call in, um, our number was zero two zero eight six eight double seven. 878 and we will see you and continue after the news you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed in the name of allah the most gracious ever merciful um listeners welcome back to the voice of islam uh, radio and uh, you are listening to mubaraz and usman um we are still continuing from the last from the first segment which was um we were talking about the spicy chilies and uh uh, uh, capsaicin and 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 all, um, so we can ask Osman to give us a few more points on this uh, topic, please, Osman. Yeah, so um, we have a <clears throat> little bit more capsaicin in both forms produced uh, anti-inflammatory effects that were comparable to uh, diclofenac in the experimental rat model at uh, um, in this in the study. So it may be concluded that capsaicin has both uh, analgesic and anti-inflammatory properties, uh, hence why it is uh, used as, as a pain relief um, and medicine. 
uh, capsaicin is taken from chili peppers, it works mainly by reducing substance P, a pain transmitter in your nerves, um, results from RCTs assessing its role in treating um, osteoarthritis suggest that it can be effective in reducing pain and tenderness in affected joints and it has no major safety problems and evidence for its effectiveness for fibromyalgia is related to a single trial um yeah so we we we're also talking about our islamic perspective and um how allah the almighty um has stated in the holy quran that you should eat of what is lawful and good um uh, another verse in the Holy Quran um, They ask thee what is made lawful for them Say all good things have been made lawful for you So again and again we see in the Holy Quran That um, we are reminded and we are uh, guided towards um, the right path And it also has all the benefits with it So um, basically there's, no, um, there's, no, there's nothing in Islam which stops us from having anything spicy or yeah islam teaches us to have everything that is good for you and good for your body and that is tayyib um yeah for example so, alcohol is is prohibited and for a good reason it it damages you it it has it has no benefit you know in mm. over consuming it it does have benefit if you take a little bit of alcohol which is used in um it's used in a lot of your medicines like homeopathic, yeah. homeopathic and and, um, and like antiseptics as antiseptics, well antiseptics yeah yeah um, but uh, as I was just going to say that we know and 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 we've been taught that we should uh, know what is good for us. So if we know that taking too much chilies and too much spices is is going to have a bad negative effect on our system, mm. on our um, on our stomach and and our whole immune system, then we should um, you know we should try to avoid it. And there are certain people that get triggered or have some sort of. Uh, a reaction to having spicy food for a day or two causing a lot of issues like Salvi also or she you know she she explained that how um in in elders if you have too much chilies you know yeah. you can have your bad stomachs and cramps and yeah, a lot of stomach and, cramps. And, and 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 all these kind of issues so it's best to avoid them if you know um what is best for you uh, Usman we have a um a, a small um audio clip and it's in regards uh, it's it's a question asked to um to Huzur, to the to the Caliph, and we'll we'll play that, and then we'll come back to this. Huzur, Masha'Allah, I have noticed whenever you're reading your Friday sermon, you don't wear glasses for, and you're yes. always in excellent health. And uh, could you tell your secret? You see, well, <laughs> the secret is from Allah's is in Allah's Allah's grace, grace. in fact. But you shouldn't uh, misconstrue from this. By seeing me reading without the glasses, my sight has definitely suffered like it should normally do, but very little. In ordinary daily uh, time I spent in my office, most of the time I do not wear spectacles at all. I read the ordinary mail and things, all right, but when it comes to small print, or some hands which are, you know, which are rather involved and uh, spidery, I have to use uh, the spectacles. My number is 1.5. 1, 
And ever since I first use it, I first uh, realized that I should use some spectacles. It was uh, in 1950. Uh, I think it was when I was 52 years old. At that time, my number was one. And now it has advanced 2.5 only. It is surprising indeed because the experts tell me you should advance much, much more. But it's the grace of Allah. I don't know what the secret is. <laughs> How do you keep yourself healthy? Because I, I think I'm not keeping myself as healthy as I should. Because I don't have time for excess, enough exercise. But I have daily exercise. And uh, there I can tell you one other secret. Turn to homeopathy. If you want to remain really healthy, it's very important to get rid of the allopathic system of drugging. The system itself is so cruel that it destroys your livers, your other glands, directly attacks the heart, etc., kidneys, because when it confronts the presence of viruses or bacteria in the body, it must kill them. And the poisons which are essential for killing life are given to you in the name of drugs. And they have no other alternative but to do that. So it is very naive to believe that they would kill only selectively the foreign elements which are not uh, wanted in the system. When they are powerful and potent enough to kill some forms of life, they also incidentally injure some other forms of life within your system. And no sane allopath would deny this. You know, some quacks may say, no, 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 it is not right. Everybody knows how the liver function is affected adversely, how the heart function is affected, how kidneys receive a negative, uh, you know, uh, are uh, injured sometimes in the membranes within, which is, which is called mucous membranes. And because of overmuch of antibiotics or overmuch of aspirin or overmuch of other such things. So ever since I started homeopathy, I felt that I'm feeling definitely with the grace of Allah much better than before. My serious attacks of migraine have gone. My hyperacidity with, with which I lived, which was also responsible for my migraine attacks, it's no more there. Very occasionally I feel, and then I treat myself, and it's all right. So, because we have banned from in our family, from our family, antibiotics. That's one major factor. Whether homeopathy is good or bad, banning of uh, uh, this antibiotics is definitely good. But when you ban them, you must have some alternative, and that is why I say homeopathy is mashallah, is a well-tried, well-tested alternative, which is far better than the allopathic system of cure. That was a um, an, an answer answered by His Holiness, the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, um, Azam Mirza Tahir Ahmed. And he explained on how he, and what his secret is on uh, keeping a, his, his good health. Um, yeah. 
And by the grace of of Allah the Almighty, that brings us towards the end of the first segment. Um, we will be starting with uh, the second segment, which is Europe commits billions for the space race. How is it going to change the life of Europeans? Now, um, the European research ministers are meeting in in Paris to try to agree contributions to the eighteen point five billion dollars or uh, euro, sorry, um, or sixteen point one billion pounds of funding needed for future space activity. On their agenda are missions to the Moon and Mars and closer-to-home satellites to monitor the weather and encrypt global communications. The proposed budget for the European Space Agency is a near 25% increase. Finding the cash will be a challenge. However, given the big rise in the cost of living crisis, however, given the, uh, the big rise in the cost of living across the continent. Usman, um, if you can just kindly summarize um yeah, so, uh, around the, this article this this is a this is a significant step uh, the reason for this is that we heard about space people going to space but yeah. uh, you forget that's mostly um american missions yeah, okay. the usa which is very very you know ahead of this nasa and yeah yeah i actually checked a graph and um i think uh, usa has spent between 25 to 30 billion dollars on, wow. on space missions and second i think is china okay and they're somewhere between five to six billion okay and then uh, like three billion two billion but this is a huge huge gap this is why um, wow. the usa is, is really ahead of everyone here and uh, but this here right here is, is a big step for europe to come mm -hmm. forward mm -hmm. so european research ministers are meeting in uh, paris to try agree contributions to the 18.5 billion euro um funding needed for future space activity uh, member state <coughs> member states of the european space agency meet every three years to agree an activity program and uh, the money needed to fund it the proposed budget for the european space agency is uh, a near 25 percent increase as you mentioned and all countries have to support uh, science research uh, 3.1 billion euro is requested over five years but for other projects nations will commit on a voluntary basis. Countries like the UK have traditionally been one of the biggest backers of telecom projects. Um, they, they've, um, um, they've contributed around 2.4 billion euros, given its manufacturing strength in big satellites. And many want to help build uh, ESA's Earth observation spacecraft. Uh, European governments are um, acutely aware that when it comes to the space race, they are falling behind. And America and China invest considerably, considerably more in their space agency. Um, so what are the main goals of these uh, space missions and how will it exactly um, benefit humanity? Yeah, well, uh, space exploration allows us uh, to prove or disprove scientific theories developed on Earth. Scientists today are especially interested in dark matter and dark energy to better understand their role in the hidden mass and uh, accelerating expansion of the universe. This is the objective of the um, Euclid mission being developed by the European Space Agency currently. 
many innovations in fields ranging from metals and alloys to biology and medicine are the result of space exploration. Some applications like ceramic coatings in our kitchens, air purification mm. systems, uh, smoke detectors and uh, scratch-resistant glass, for example, are already part of our daily lives. Materials tested in space under unique conditions that are difficult to re replicate on Earth can help us to develop stronger, lighter or higher performance products. One of the experiments conducted by French uh, ESA astronaut Thomas Pesquet on the International Space Station, for example, involved testing uh, innovative materials designed to prevent bacterial growth. These new materials have consider considerable potential for public health and safety uh, applications in hospitals, public transport and the food industry. So it's a lot of research being done because we can, we can extract uh, new things, we can ex extract things we have never uh, seen before and we need that space environment to do some of these experiments. There are also long duration missions, um, uh, but they are tough on the human body. Astronauts suffer loss of muscle mass and bone density, as well as accelerated water, accelerated wear and tear on the circulation system. Monitoring monitoring them in space and after they return to Earth is a is a chance to learn about the effects of aging and support research into conditions like uh, osteoporosis. Earth observation satellites increase our understanding of our own planet, whilst telescopes, um, laboratories and rovers expand our understanding of the universe. And space travels is a, is a great opportunity to test uh, the circular economy. Based on the experience of astronauts, humanity can learn how to better con conserve the planet's resources. So the, the goal is um, very clear, is to move forward, to find new things. Um, you know, when a, when when a human goes to space, because there's a different gravity, there's a different uh, density, so the, the human body starts to... Because you don't use your muscles mm. as much, you know, there, there's no gravity, you don't need to uh, stand upright. Yeah. Your, your leg muscles start to um, yeah, weaken. This is why astronauts, I think they, they exercise daily and... Um, it's uh, they have all this, all these machines in their spacecraft for for the for the mere purpose of exercise because uh, um, retaining their muscle is very important. Otherwise, they will you know slowly fall apart. Okay, and what are the possible um, economical outcomes of of these missions then? Yes, yeah, so space is a vital part of the UK's economy as well. Satellites and space activities deliver navigation weather forecasting, power grid monitoring, uh, financial transactions and better public services. Basically the internet. <laughs> yeah. Work. Yeah. And uh, the European Space Agency says the development of new space infrastructure has brought benefits to industries including uh, meteorology, energy, telecommunications, insurance, uh, transport, um, maritime, aviation and urban development. And according to the uh, not-for-profit space foundation the space economy was valued at 469 billion dollars in 2021 up nine percent from 2022 uh, 2020 sorry the highest record growth since 2014 uh, the uk space sector is growing faster than the rest of the uk economy 
it is worth over 16.4 billion per year employees um, it employs over 45000 people and satellites underpin 360 billion pounds per year of wider economic activity so there's a lot going on in in um regards to mm, being uh, there's a lot of uh, em- em- employees of uh, in the, the UK whole... as well yeah so there's obviously work being done in every country but it's just a uh, like as as we mentioned before in, in this article as well that the USA and China they're just so far ahead that um other other people other countries which are contributing to this they they seem very small yeah so 45000 sounds like a big number so it's probably not uh, but compared to the to the work being done by the other countries this might be you know not that big but UK is is quite ahead it's probably second or third in space uh, space research and stuff missions yeah yeah So what what do you think about space? Do you want to go there? I, I mean it's something you know we've, we we watch all these uh, I mean uh, we have seen series and 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 movies and they really um intrigue you into into astronomy and and space mm-hmm. especially and uh, just space travel just seems so I mean amazing and uh, it seems it seems cool and as as a, as a kid it seems <laughs> like something you'd really want to do um Yeah but it's is tough. It's really um, tough and the amount of training that goes into it and when you see videos and and of how astronauts actually what kind of training they actually go through it's something that not everyone can do and it's not physically possible. Um we have we have on the line um Xavier Luri a guest uh, he is a um tenured lecturer in the department of quantum physics and astrophysics at the University of Barcelona. He teaches physics and astroph- um, astrophysics and has supervised PhD thesis. He is also director of the University of Barcelona Institute of Cosmos Science. His professional career has been in the field of space missions, especially the the Gaia mission of the European Space Agency, a project for which he was one of the proponents. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you and welcome to the breakfast show, Javier. Uh, how are you doing today? Fine, fine. <laughs> it's a nice day here. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we don't have a good weather um, in in the UK. It's getting cold, but you must be enjoying. Uh, is it still sunny in Barcelona? Well, actually, I'm not in Barcelona. I, I'm in the Netherlands for oh. <laughs> uh, for a for a meeting. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Um, so, uh, just getting into it. Um, Uh, please can you briefly explain the Gaia mission of the ESA which you have been involved in uh yeah uh in a few words it's a mission to make a 3D three dimensional map of the milky way we are building a large catalog about 2 billion objects and for each job we have a 3D position we're putting every star in is with respect to the sun and then we are collecting additional information on the properties of each star so we are building the most complete map of the milky way up to date um i think we have some uh, some uh, issue with the line um 
Xavier, are you still with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Oh, uh, you were just cutting off a little bit, that's why. Um, but anyways, uh, we, um, can you also tell us about um, the goal of such missions? What's what's the purpose? Uh, sorry, the goal of... Yeah, it was, what's, the, what's the purpose of these uh, space missions and, you know, trying to go to the space? Um, what's... Um... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's uh, several... Uh, but one of them is a big program. It's one of the mandatory programs for state. And it's oriented to space science. And uh, this uh, project is purely scientific. But it's also very important for the member uh, It has uh, a lot of uh, return in the form of developing of information of the original mission. And it's very important for the of science. And uh, is there any benefit to the European public? Or are, are the benefits purely scientific? And more. Because, uh, let me distinguish here. The basic motivation of is science, obviously. Uh, we want to do science to enlarge the, the knowledge base of humanity. We want to learn about the universe, the space. But the scientific program has also a side benefit which uh, are also very important for the for the, uh, funding agencies and for the European Space Agency. Uh, every euro invested in the space in the scientific program uh, gets a return of four and ten euros in the form of technology, uh, qualified personnel, uh, new techniques, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, the investment in space, in space science, is a good uh, a good option for uh, Europe. Thank you. And do you think um, it's imp- <clears throat> how important do you think it is to fund these missions and other similar projects? Yeah, uh, it, it's very important because we are not alone in the world. I mean. Uh, we're competing with other uh, space agencies, other uh, um, superpowers, let's call it, let's call it uh, China, Europe, uh, Europe, uh, U.S., etc. Uh, Europe cannot afford uh, to lose the rays of technology of the access to space. So it's not only science, uh, it's uh, really a strategic uh, issue for Europe to invest in space. Great, thank you very much, very interesting. Uh, Thank you for your time, uh, Xavier, and uh, it was great speaking to you. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful wonderful day ahead in in the Netherlands. Uh, Thank you to you. Thank you. Mm. Bye-bye. So... um, just before we continue, let's go for a, a short break and we'll come back and then we'll continue with the rest of the segment. The life of Muhammad, peace be upon him. The last pilgrimage. Nine years after the Prophet migrated from Mecca to Medina, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, went on a pilgrimage to Mecca. On the day of the pilgrimage, he received the revelation containing the famed verse of the Quran, which says, This day have I perfected your religion for you, and completed my favor upon you, and have chosen for you Islam, 
as religion. Chapter 5, verse 4. This verse said in effect that the message which the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had brought from God, and which by word and deed he had been expounding all these years, had been completed. Every part of this message was a blessing. The message now completed embodied the highest blessings which man could receive from God. The message is epitomized in the name Al-Islam, which means submission. Submission was to be the religion of Muslims, the religion of mankind. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, recited this verse in the valley of Muzdalifah, where the pilgrims had assembled. Returning from Muzdalifah, the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stopped at Mina. It was the eleventh day of the month of Zulhijjah. The Prophet stood before a large gathering of Muslims and delivered an address, famed in history as the farewell address of the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. In the course of this address he said, O men, lend me an attentive ear, for I know not whether I will stand before you again in this valley and address you as I address you now. Your lives and your possessions have been made immune by God to attacks by one another until the day of judgment. God has appointed for every one a share in the inheritance. No will shall now be admitted which is prejudicial to the interests of a rightful heir. A child born in any house will be regarded as a child of the father in that house. Whoever contests the parentage of this child will be liable to punishment under the law of Islam. Anyone who attributes his birth to someone else's father or falsely claims someone to be his master, God, his angels, and the whole of mankind will curse him. O men, you have some rights against your wives, but your wives also have some rights against you. Your right against them is that they should live chaste lives and not adopt ways which may bring disgrace to the husband in the sight of his people. If your wives do not live up to this, then you have the right to punish them. You can punish them after due inquiry has been made by a competent authority, and your right to punish has been established. Even so, punishment in such a case must not be very severe, but if your wives do no such thing, and their behavior is not such as would bring disgrace to their husbands, then your duty is to provide for them food and garments and shelter, according to your own standard of living. Remember, you must always treat your wives well. God has charged you with the duty of looking after them. Woman is weak and cannot protect her own rights. When you married, God appointed you the trustees of those rights. You brought your wives to your homes under the law of God. You must not, therefore, insult the trust which God has placed in your hands. O men, you still have in your possession some prisoners of war. I advise you, therefore, to feed them and to clothe them in the same way and style as you feed and clothe yourselves. If they do anything wrong which you are unable to forgive, then pass them on to someone else. They are part of God's creation. To give them pain or trouble can never be right. O men, what I say to you, you must hear and remember. All Muslims are as brethren to one another. All of you are equal. All men, all men, whatever nation or tribe they may belong to, and whatever station in life they may hold, are equal. While he was saying this, the Prophet, peace be upon him, raised his hands and joined the fingers of the one hand with the fingers of the other, and then said, Even as the fingers of the two hands are equal, so are human beings equal to one another. No one has any right, any superiority, to claim over another.
you are as brothers. Proceeding, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Do you know what month this is? What territory we are in? What day of the year it is today? The Muslims said in reply, they knew it was a sacred month, the sacred land, and the day of the Hajj. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Even as this month is sacred, this land inviolate, and this day holy, so has God made the lives, property, and honor of every man sacred. To take any man's life, or his property, or attack his honor, is as unjust and wrong as to violate the sacredness of this day, this month, and this territory. What I command you today is not meant only for today, it is meant for all time. You are expected to remember it and to act upon it until you leave this world and go to the next to meet your Maker. In conclusion, he said, What I have said to you, you should communicate to the ends of the earth. Maybe those who have not heard me may benefit by it more than those who have heard. Siha Sitta, Tabari, Hisham, and Khamis. A new station, the voice of Islam. With live discussions, religion and culture, understand the true teachings of Islam with the voice of Islam. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful, we are continuing with with the second segment um, in which we were talking about, um, you know, that Europe commits to billions for the space race and how is it going to change the life of the Europeans? So we just, uh, we had a call with Xavier uh, uh, and he uh, explained a few facts for us as well. <clears throat> Coming back uh, into the subject, we'll, we'll continue with uh, a few of the Islamic perspectives of uh, of uh, space and His Holiness Hazrat uh, Mirza Tahir Ahmed, the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community uh, he writes, Evidently this concept of the universe eliminated the possibility of the existence of life elsewhere. The only habitat for the life uh, of people of the age uh, known was this earth. Suspended, suspended as they thought it was in mid-space, contrary to this, the Holy Quran admits neither the uniqueness of the earth nor its being stationary. On the issue of the number of earths, it declares, Allah is he who created seven heavens, and of the earth the like thereof. It needs to be explained here that the figure seven can be treated as a specific term of the Quran in this verse, and many other similar ones. As such, it would mean that the universe compromises many units of heavens, each divided into groups of seven each having at least one earth to it, which is which will be supported by the entire system of the heaven. Referring to that system in general, a more specific verse on the existence of uh, life runs as follows. And among his signs is the creation of the heavens and the earth, and of whatever living creatures he has spread forth in both. Now, um, His Holiness uh, uh, furthermore says that Jum'ihim is the is the Arabic expression in this verse, uh, which specifically speaks of bringing together of life on earth and the life elsewhere. When this meeting of the two will take place is not specified, nor is it mentioned whether it will happen here on earth or elsewhere. One thing, however, um, is definitely stated. This event will most certainly come to pass whenever God so desires. It should be kept in mind that the word jama'ah can um, imply either a physical contact uh, 
or a contact through communication. Only the future will tell how and when this conduct will take place. But the very fact that more than 1400 years ago such a possibility was even predicted is, 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 is miraculous in itself. Mm. Um, which actually is uh, the truth. I, I mean, in Islam, there's so many things, right, Usman, that were predicted 1400 years ago that are coming true today, and and we are um, we are seeing these manifestations, and we mm. are seeing these signs being fulfilled, which um, bring yeah. us bring us closer towards um, believing that Islam teaches uh from from day one mm. the truth and and uh, holds a lot of uh uh value are you sure it's just that there's there's some uh muslim scientists as so well. they have uh, found that about um i think eighty uh, percent of the scientific prophecies in the quran have been discovered right and eighty percent all, all of the, all of them, hundred percent, which has been discovered, okay. have come to be true. A true, yeah. yeah. So um, there is, um, there is another scientist who says that if eighty percent of the prophecies are hundred percent true, then what, uh, what makes us doubt that the rest of the twenty percent will be false? Wow. Okay, which we haven't even found yet. Wow. So, and that's so true. I mean, for us Muslims, um, that is, you know, such a remarkable thing in itself. But for other people to comment on. Mm. On Islam and and the truthfulness of the Holy Quran. Um, the thing is, these are like kind of objective things. It's yeah. not it's not opinion based. These uh, yeah. these uh, scientific findings. Yeah. So these are this is one way you can uh, you know to a logical person who demands that you know give me a logical explanation of the truth of Islam. Yeah. Then, for example, this uh, this see these scientific prophecies, speaking about space, speaking about coming together, aliens. Uh, extraterrestrial life mm. these things like can you imagine even thinking about this no, you know about no. a thousand four hundred fourteen hundred years ago years ago no no exactly yeah and, and even now some people have the doubts in 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 a lot of these things mm. i say them no they're all conspiracies that no um no one's actually been to the moon uh you know it was yeah, all staged yeah. so even now even though we've got recordings <laughs> and we've got videos and we've got proof uh People still don't believe in these things. So yeah, that's great. You already been on the moon, exactly, and people still can't believe it. Yeah, how can you believe it? Like thousands of years ago. Yeah, you know, they, they, they just say that no, it's a conspiracy, and it's not true. But um, <laughs> yeah, again, it just comes down to I guess in in how much you believe in something and how uh, steadfast your your faith actually mm. is. Um, just wrapping up. Uh, so we were just I just mentioned the the verse from the Holy Quran and. Um, his Holiness, his book, and he states that the revelation of the Quran was made at a time when cosmology as a science was not yet born. A different age of conjunctural visualization prevailed, which had to go a long way before it could contemplate the existence of extraterrestrial life. Even today, such claims are only found in science fiction. Scientists have still not been able to completely shake off their earlier skepticism regarding the existence of life in space. No uh, definitive um, evidence ha has yet been discovered in its support. Scientists are still taking, are still talking uh, of only chances. And the heaven we built with our own power, and indeed we go on expanding it. It should be remembered that the concept of the continuous expansion of the universe is significance to scientists. 
because it helps create a better understanding of how the universe was initially created. It clearly explains the stage, um, the, the the stage by stage process of creation in a manner which perfectly falls into step with the theory of the Big Bang. The Holy Quran goes further and and describes the entire cycle of the beginning and the end and the return again to a similar beginning. And in the Holy Quran, it says, "Remember the day when we shall roll up the heavens like the rolling up." of written scrolls. The clear message of this verse is that the universe is not uh, eternal. It speaks of a future when the heavens will be rolled up in a manner similar to the rolling up of a scroll. Scientific descriptions illustrating the making of a black hole very closely resemble what the Quran describes in the above verse. That's fascinating. You know, um, I've always heard that the Quran is not a book of science. Yeah. It's a book of science. So, yeah. You know, like a book of uh, science. So obviously some people say that yeah, the Maya prophecies but where where's you know the specific things. Yeah. But this is not what the Quran is about. It's about it's giving you think you know, food for thought. Yeah. Think about it. But speaking of some science, I've I've also got some facts about space. First of all, do you know what space sounds like? Uh, no, it's, it's completely silent. I know that exactly. <laughs> yeah, because because we we use uh, vibrations on the earth yeah. to to hear. For for in in space, there's there's no molecules. There's, there's no atmosphere. There's so whatsoever. much space that the vibrations won't reach anywhere. Okay, so it's completely silent. Um, and guess how much a NASA uh, a NASA spacesuit costs? About is it? I think it was twelve million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I remember <laughs> twelve million dollars for one suit, and the reason for that is that space is ice cold. The coldest temperature we know, yeah, is in space, okay. which is like minus hundred sixty four, probably right, hundred sixty four right, right. degrees Celsius. I'm already freezing in. Like it's not even minus. <laughs> it's not even minus. It's about eight degrees here, and and it's minus feeling cold, and he's got his jacket on, and he's putting the heating on. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. can't. You won't be able to last in space, as fun. <laughs> yeah, but I do want to go to space, but <clears throat> I don't have twelve million dollars for the spacesuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also there are probably more stars in the universe than grains of sand yeah. on Earth. Yeah. Okay. That one. That's, that's I've, crazy. I've also heard of that one as well. Uh, okay, so why don't you uh, uh, tell us um, how many Earths can fit inside the sun? Earth, I don't know, probably a thousand. Uh, no, you you're way off. Apparently, one million Earths can fit inside one the million. sun. Yeah, that's how big the the sun actually is. Um, there are more trees on Earth than stars in the in the Milky Way. There's more trees on Earth. Yeah. Wow. Well, these are some interesting facts. So, lastly, that there's a planet made of diamonds. Okay. That's crazy. There's a whole planet made of diamonds, but yeah. So Let's, there's there's some crazy things on on in space, and uh, we on, we haven't even discovered our Milky Way yet. And you know, thinking of space, millions and trillions of more stars and places, but we do not have time for that. Yeah, although so, it's a very very um, interesting uh, topic, and hopefully we can um, have more future. Um, segments on 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 regarding to uh space um space travel and and other planets as well um Mm -hmm. but that for now uh brings us to the end of 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 the second segment and we'll uh let's come let's come back on the earth let's come back to talk about what's going on here (laughs) yeah there's a lot going on over here right now yeah so we have some we have some strikes going on uh 
so our third segment is about workers going on strike. Mm. Um, tens of thousands of workers have downed tours this year to request pay deals that keep keep up with the rising cost of living. The public is having to deal with disruption from train and postal strikes as well as closed schools, overflowing bins and gridlocks in the courts. There could be further strikes through the winter and next year as doctors, nurses and civil servants are also in dispute with their employers. The whole economy is falling apart, Hippie. Mm, exactly. And, you know, there's... Um, there, we, will, we will obviously speak in, uh, in, in, in detail about all the strikes that are happening. But these strikes have been going on for a while now and they've disrupted mm. uh, many, many businesses, um, many, many companies... Uh, and a lot of personal people as well a lot of stuff uh personally for example i mean i saw a video on on on, on instagram i think it was of uh how how much backlog there was of the royal mail post i don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that or not no. but there were tons and tons of trolleys you know i remember if you remember when there was um the whole airport issue with the luggage and all the luggage was packed in the terminal oh yeah. it was exactly like that that there's so much mail that's all packed up in the whole mm-hmm. uh on the whole floor of the of the building and uh, yeah imagine one day of striking one day of you know closing your businesses can can cause such a heavy backlog and so many problems for individuals yeah, like yeah. sometimes like I, I want to use the train and I find out there's a strike. Out strike yeah I was like come on like I need to get to places I mean I knew that um, I posted something on the 1st of November right mm. and it was special delivery to get there the next day <laughs> and and um, for, uh, after a week I, I I was like okay I haven't had a response from, from where I just sent the, the, the letter that I needed to so I got in contact with um, I, I checked online with the tracking uh, number and it said uh, not delivered yet so I contacted them they said it's probably lost in the mail and we'll give you a refund for your amount <laughs> but I said to them that it's not the amount it's mm. actually the, the the thing that was in there is more important yeah. to me as uh, as a sentimental value instead of uh, the amount to it mm. so um, they said just wait a few more days and then I get a, a, a message from the a week la- another week later. So let's say on the seventeenth of November, I get um, a response that yeah we've received your item. Mm. So for the first for 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 a special delivery, I had to wait seventeen days. Oh. Which you know it kind of uh, that's obviously just mm. one of my things. There's many many things that are happening there. I know people need uh, medication and there's other stuff that happens which then gets delayed and it has a knock on effect to everything true, and it can true. cause a lot of um, big issues for a lot of people. But you know, like they, I think the, the people who are going on strike, as long as it's peaceful, they they have the right to it. And um, even though uh, going on strike is is not, um, uh, it's not a solution to something. It's not a solution, but it's it is for raising awareness. Yeah. But it's not it's not still not right. It doesn't make it right because you are causing a lot of damage. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, the government the government needs to uh, needs to help people needs to as well, focus yeah. on this area because people are struggling. It's it's cold outside. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone is fortunate, but yeah. uh, and, by the grace of God, amidst the 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 the, the live of uh, the cost of living crisis as well. You know, it's it's not easy, and it's making mm. uh, times are very hard for people. Uh, so we should, um, as a community and as as just general and just as uh, humanity, we should pray for each other that you know that may Allah the Almighty uh, help everyone through this difficult stage and. Uh, continue to shower his blessings upon everyone. Um, Osman, I'll um, if you could just explain uh, about which of the main uh, work lines are where workers are actually going on strike. Yeah, so uh, 
mainly mainly uh i think it's like trains and buses but okay. many different mainline workers are going on strike and many others have planned their strike dates some of the main work lines where workers are going on strike include trains and rail strikes um they have caused major disruption by a series of strikes since june 2022 uh the strikes have brought parts of the railway network into a standstill the rail union has announced further disruption could continue for another 6 months so this is a long you know this is a long issue and bus strikes for example many bus routes across south and west london especially have taken part in the strike over pay rise because of an increase in, in inflation and a rising and a rising uh, living cost the bus strikes will continue till january 2023 uh, but i don't think they can guarantee that <laughs> Mm-hmm. um and a large majority of nhs services such as nurses uh, paramedics call handlers and other staff at the heart of england's ambulance services across the uk will take part in the strike action in pursuit of better pay but uh, don't worry however the, the priority will be to maintain urgent services such as the ane and emergency surgeries non urgent cases will be rescheduled hopefully hopefully yeah so it, I mean nurses and the NHS as a whole is definitely also underpaid and they they deserve better yeah, at least yeah. you know because <laughs> yeah. they they are doing what they're doing is like saving lives and if they, if they have to struggle with their own lives then, and, um, and 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 the issue mainly is that I think they they're still quite short staffed which means that yeah they have to put in a lot more hours mm. for the amount that they end up getting paid as well um but again it's it's a big sacrifice that mm. they're uh doing and they're committed to so um once again yeah a lot of respect to them a lot of respect and 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 uh, a lot of prayers do go out to them from 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 the bottom of our hearts mm. and as you mentioned other services like royal mail for example members of the university and college union schools in scotland and airline services have all planned and initiated their strikes across the coming months due to problems regarding pay better working conditions and job cuts so um the main um reason why why many workers across uh, different sectors are going on strikes and the main disputes are are overpay uh, working conditions and and pensions mm-hmm. as prices are rising at a faster rate about 10% per year this means that the living costs and the expenses of workers have increased dramatically and faster than the actual wages leaving them with no savings this has therefore become one of the major reasons for workers to go on strikes the real question is why do workers go on strikes workers in many industries are associated with their trade unions which means that these organizations present their arguments to the management and negotiate on behalf of workers over their pay and working conditions if the arguments do not get accepted and the union uh, hasn't been able to make a good deal for the uh, a good deal then the members ask for votes on whether to take the industry election therefore in most extreme cases strikes take place as the staff refuse to do their jobs according to the office for national statistics industrial disputes have significant significantly increased since the covid-19 pandemic started In July 2022 an estimated 87,600 days were lost due to strike action across the UK. 
Many civil servants, healthcare workers, teaching unions and other working staff have planned their strikes in the coming months for a pay rise. In regard to the general public, 60% of the population supports working and taking industrial action. But on the other hand, 33% of the general public does not support the strike action as it causes major disruption mm-hmm. to daily living. Yeah, that's that's also interesting that there is a lot of people who are against these strikes. Um, we, we can't say they're, <clears throat> they're living standards. You know, some, some are not as well off and yeah. they think that they're going on strike is like their last resort. Mm. Otherwise, they'll, they'll just keep going down. But you see, everything goes hand in hand, you know, you probably heard the phrase "you can't clap with one hand." So yeah, yeah. A, a, there's there's always two sides to everything. Yeah. On one side, the the public is suffering, so they they're left with no choice. They have to, you know, they have to demonstrate some yeah. awareness. But on the other hand, it's true the government is also struggling. Yeah. But now somewhere we need to come together. They, they the government, to be... the public, we need to find this middle way. And uh, for example. Some people who are more fortunate should help those who uh, are less fortunate, especially in these difficult times. What, um, do, you, what do you suggest then? Suggest personally, what do you what do you think? Mm, I think I, I don't have enough insight into the, enough details. I, I see strikes, but I, I can't tell people's you know personal issues, their their problems, their hmm. um, conditions. So the main thing is that the government should come down to the base level and see. The mm. small, small issues of 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 uh, particular people, right? Uh, so that you can understand, yeah. because we we seeing here, we don't know what a lot of issues are for for many people. Mm. There's right, there's some there's some main issues, but um, that's not what applies to every single person. Yeah, I think they should like shut down some unnecessary, uh, like whatever re- um, projects they're doing, and mm. focus more on 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 the general um, public. This. For example, like. Uh, it may sound unfair, but uh, people who are rich, for example, uh, they can uh, they can they can help more towards this yeah. uh, than than people who are, who have less money. So, but at the same this time, should be people, a taxing. This should be a taxing on the rich people, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, people who who are rich, they, they you know earn their money, so yeah. they have the right to their they money. The right to their but money, this yes. is where the middle way comes that they, they if they compromise, help the nation. In, in return, the, the nation will grow, which will help them. Um, but at, at the end, this is uh, some people just uh, yeah, yeah. No, it happens. Um, according to businesses and and employers, the wages of staff are a major cost for the companies. During this time, when inflation and interest rates have significantly increased and businesses have to cut down on their daily activities, the strikes by their staff for a pay rise have caused disagreements with their staff as the businesses do not have enough money to offer pay rise and other opportunities. The Prime Minister also warned the, company, the, the, the country of an uh, economic crisis, which will make it hard to increase wages for public sector workers. The Bank of England has also shown concerns over pushing up inflation rates if employers profoundly increase the pay for their workers, which in turn will cause a further increase in the price of uh, for consumer goods, which could make it even harder to bring inflation down. However, workers are currently in a strong position as the unemployment rate is extremely low in the UK. Therefore, more vacancies are available for people looking to work as businesses are short of workers. Yeah, so in, in short, you know, in summary, 
Inflation in the UK is driven by the COVID-19 pandemic, yeah. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and supply chain-related issues. These shortages are driving prices higher, uh, making the cost of living more expensive. Um, and should this rate of inflation continue and remain high, many people will be looking at some challenging and difficult times ahead. Inflation is likely to continue, you know, throughout the throughout the year, probably next beginning of next year. Um, and it's expected to remain in double figures for quite some time. To control the inflation rates, governments and banks are trying to increase interest rates. Uh, a lot is going on. Um, on all in all this chaos, um, what's what's the we also like to mention all is the Islamic perspective. So in Islam, obedience to the law of the land is is a religious duty. It's it's connected to your faith. The Quran commands Muslim to remain faithful to not only Allah and the Holy Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, but also to the authority they live under. So this is a this is a beautiful thing in Islam that you, you don't see this in. Uh, other, you know, scriptures that f- obedience to your government is is part of your faith. Um, in the Holy Quran, it mentions that all ye who believe obey Allah and obey His Messenger, and those who are in authority over you. That does not mean anyone who's uh, in your authority. It specifically means to a, a government, a, yeah. a you know, a selected, a appointed authority. Otherwise, you know, your boss is your authority. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though you should listen to him, but it does not mean that it's the complete obedience to every authority. But it's more related to the government and uh, like striking, for example, is not it's not encouraged. It's not encouraged, no. It's definitely not encouraged, yeah. Um, also, the present head of the worldwide Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmad, may Allah be his helper, has also explained, a true Muslim can never raise his voice in hatred against his fellow citizens nor for that matter against the ruling authority or government of the time. It is the responsibility of a true Muslim that he should remain loyal and fully abide by the laws of the land of which he is a subject. But So you've just mentioned that how going on strike is not permitted in Islam. But then um, if someone is saying that they're, they're, they're peacefully protesting, hmm. isn't that their right? Isn't that their right in, 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 in the law of the land? Yeah, but uh, let's, for example, peaceful protest. You know about this um, this oil campaign. Yeah, uh, I forgot the name. Yeah, 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 like the, stop oil or something. Yeah, they're doing peaceful protest. They're peacefully sitting on the road. Yeah, that's peaceful for them. But the, yeah, the, but for the drivers, the and drivers, people, that's yeah. not peaceful for the other people. So peaceful, it has to be peaceful both ways. Then. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So that's why pr- protest, I would say, is is not the right thing. It's more like raising awareness. You know, spirit, uh, write letters to the government, and it's true. Like when when one person is suffering, the whole nation suffers, and when yeah. the whole nation is suffering, then everyone will suffer. Yeah, yeah, so indeed. this is this probably happened because of our own doings as well. Um, it's not right to, you know, harm others and disturb other people's life because you are struggling. But it's also not fair on the individual to um, just be left out. He needs to be heard. He needs to be listened yeah, to. Definitely. Um, Osman, thank you very much. Um, you uh, have, uh, uh, you know, you've, you've you've given a lot of insight on all three subjects that we've had today. Um, that brings us towards the end of today's show. Um, dear listeners, um, my name is Mubarak Zamini. I was joined with Osman Manan, and we would like to thank our um, our team, the the producer, uh, Sidratul Muntaha, the researchers. 
uh, Ariba, Sara, Nuzat, Ayman, Amtul Kafi, and um, would like to thank our tech team, Asadullah, brother Asadullah, uh, without whom uh, <laughs> me and Sunny would have no chance surviving in the studio. <laughs> and the guests, uh, definitely. And the guests, definitely, for, for joining us and giving us their time and for giving us um, insight on these subjects. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you, and don't forget to join us uh, tomorrow for the breakfast show. <laughs>